although our decorations are still with us. But we already have begun a new liturgical season known as the Ordinary Time. During the Ordinary Time, we do not focus on the, the significance of mysteries like the Incarnation, Annunciation, Incarnation. We do not focus, we do not celebrate. However, we try to unpack who Jesus is, but especially who are we to be, how we are to live our Christian faith. And so today we begin this first week of, uh, of Ordinary Time. And yesterday, because we celebrate the Feast of our Lord, we did not read the first reading from the Book of Hebrews. The Book of Hebrews we'll be reading for the next four weeks. So, so we're going to be a journey, this book of Hebrews, which is a powerful book on, on, on looking at our Lord Jesus as truly the high priest. He's the one given by us, us by God and who he is in relationship to, to the mystery of God's revealing himself in his son. And so we'll be looking at, at our faith through the perspective of the letter to the Hebrews. Yesterday was a beautiful reading, and this is why I'm going to include it today. And I'm going to read the yesterday's reading as well, because it kind of focuses on immediately who Jesus is, and then we'll talk about the, um, you know, the second reading from for, uh, for Tuesday, which is Tuesday of the first uh, week in ordinary time. And so the first reading yesterday was this, although because we celebrate the feast day of, of the Baptist, we were not reading it. But it says, reading from the beginning of letter to the Hebrews, my brothers and sisters, in times past, God spoke in partial and in various ways to our ancestors through the prophets. In these last days, he spoke to us through the Son, whom he made heir of all things and through whom he created the universe. Now, who is he? Who is the refulgence of his glory, the very imprint of his being, and who sustains all things by his mighty word? When he had accomplished purification from sins, he took his seat at the right hand of the majesty on high, as far superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. And then it continues. So who is Jesus? Who is the son in whom God spoke at the very end or the beginning of new time? You now Jesus is the last prophet because in the past, God spoke through the prophets. But the letter to the Hebrews says it spoke in fragmentary ways. We did not receive the fullness of revelation. But now we have received in Jesus, we have received that fullness of revelation of who God the Father is. What is his goal for us? What is his mission? He, whom did he wishes us, who should we, he wishes us to be? And so the first thing that from the letter to the Hebrews says he's the refulgence of his glory, the reflection, the brilliance of his glory. Glory is that which, in which we describe God. You know, the, the glory, the, the light, the rays, the refulgence, the very imprint of his being, the very imprint of God the Father, which means in nature, 
He shares the nature, divine nature with God. And so he is that and who sustains all things by his mighty word. And the Father who sustains everything that we have through Jesus. In Jesus, we have this reality. Everything that we see, everything that we, we have, it's all because of Jesus. He sustains. He created all in his image. All things were created through him. And so he says, and he says, when he accomplished purification from sins, he took the seat, his seat at the right hand of the majesty on high. Immediately, he, he speaks to us that Jesus, when he completed his purification, meaning when he gave us the gift of salvation, when he purified us from sin, and then after ascension, he is now with, with God the Father, sitting at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us, to intercede for us. You know, he's, he's our merciful Savior. He's the atoning sacrifice that we have before God the Father because we were broken by sin. We were not, we're not uh, able to, to enter heaven by ourselves. And then there's something very interesting here, and we'll unpack a little bit more. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, this day I have begotten you, or again, I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. And again, when he leads the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. There's a reference here to angels. We have to remember that angels were considered to be very powerful beings. There are nothing in comparison to human beings. So there was a great, like a devotion perhaps, or knowledge of the angels. Look at the angels that, that appeared, the angels appeared to Abraham. Uh, look at the angels that appeared to, to, uh, to some of the prophets, or even an angel that appeared to, to, uh, to our Blessed Mother, Archangel all these, the angelic figures. And so the time, at that time, the angels were considered to be very, very high. And so when they are looking at Jesus, they say, okay, well, he's human being. So the angels are higher than him. And so the letter to the Hebrews immediately says, to, what, to whom, to what angels did, the, did God the Father say, you are my son, this day I have begotten you. Immediately, the letter to the Hebrews speaks of, yes, you know, you may consider angels to be so high. And by the way, today, too, there are a lot of people who believe in angels, you know, and, and, you know, and they don't even consider Jesus to be part of it. They consider, you know, angels so high. And Jesus, yeah, one of those teachers, perhaps, you know. But this is what the letter to the Hebrews says. To whom did God the Father ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you or I will be a father to him and he shall be a son to me, or let all the angels of God worship him. Let all the angels of God worship him. So that's the first thing that the, the teaching to letter to the Hebrews immediately goes right into the, the teachings on, on who Jesus is in relationship to the angels, but he continues, he continues. It was not to angels that God subject, subjected the world to come. Okay, once again, this is reading already from today. So it was not the angels that God subjected the world to come because he, he subjected it to, to his son, through whom everything was made. 
And you know, and then he says, again, quoting Psalm 8, what is man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor, subjecting all things under his feet. Okay, so yes, because once he entered our human, or assumed our human nature, became one of us, then, then the letter to Hebrews says, well, he appeared to be lower than the angels. The angels are, you know, they're, they're spiritual, and Jesus shares our human, human body. And then he continues uh, that in subjecting all things to him, to Jesus, he left nothing not subject to him. Yet at present, we do not see all things subject to him, but we do see Jesus crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. He who for a little while was made lower than the angels, that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. It's a mystery of God's self-emptying of himself, the kenosis. God, who Jesus, who emptied himself, the Son of, Son of God emptied himself of divinity. And as St. Paul would say, he emptied himself. He didn't want to cling on to the nature of God because he wanted to share our human nature, that we could see him. There could be, we could see him, we could we see his suffering. Is dying, we can see his love, his self-offering. So we may be able to see, because otherwise we would not be able to see with our eyes or hear with our ears what God, who God is, who, the, who God the Father is, and what the type of love that he has for us. And so we're able to see this. And so so letter to the Hebrews says, yes, he subjected this whole universe future, everything is in his hands, but for a while he made it not to appear so you see, in a sense, visibly lower than, than the angels. And so and we are not to, able to see that everything is subjected to him. And yet he has done it for one major purpose, is that, that he may share his human, humanity with us in such a way, and also that he may suffer, that he may carry the cross, that he may taste suffering. I mean, this is uh, the, 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 the brilliance of this letter is that it helps us to grasp God's plan for us, God's plan, which was manifested to us in the Son. And then he, the, the letter to Hebrews continues, and this is from today's reading, for it was fitting that he, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the leader of their salvation perfect through suffering. It is fitting that God, the Son, would share our human nature and share our suffering. He who consecrates and those, and those who are being consecrated all have one origin. Therefore, he's not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly, and I will praise you. The beautiful words today is that there's, some, there's a significance, the meaning, Christ's suffering, what we suffer as human beings, everything that we experience here on earth except sin, he experienced. And that, that's the mystery that God wanted to show to us, that, that, that he wanted to be like us in all things, that he manifests solidarity with us, that, that we can call him brother our dear brother who died for us, not only the Lord, but he's one of us. 
And so that's the, the beautiful significance. And, and, and then, you know, the responsorial psalm, which is actually quoted in the, in the first reading, you have given your son rule over all what, over the works of your hands. And how glorious is your name, O Lord, all over the earth. Who are we that you consider us, that we're mindful of us? Who are we? But we are his children, and he wanted to have his son be one of us. And to whom, you know, you have made him, Jesus, little less than the angels, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him the ruler, the rule over the works of your hands, putting all things under his feet. Um, these are type of reflections that they are theological reflections, as we can see. But what what is exciting here for us, for our, for our faith, is see the love that God has for us in becoming one of us. See the love that he had. That's the significance. You know, he, and he wanted to speak to us fully, to give us full revelation, no longer partial through the prophetic words, but complete, that we may see him, that we may look upon him, we may hear him. We can see in his humanity, we see God the Father and his love and his divinity. So this is what's so important. And, and, and again, you know, the importance of, of, the, uh, of those who love angels that they may see in Jesus, someone who's higher, even if they look at his humanity, say, well, I, I want to worship and honor spiritual creatures, not physical, you know, not material. And the last thing is, is the gospel today. And yesterday, you know, the, uh, as we read yesterday's gospel, which was, uh, you know, Jesus is calling, calling uh, his disciples. Jesus came from Galilee to John, the, uh, John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. That's one. But then before, before John, when John the Baptist is arrested and, and Jesus chooses his own disciples, chooses, and, and why does he choose them? Uh, so that he may witness to his words, his life. And, and today's gospel, as we can see, after John had been arrested and, and, and Jesus came to Galilee, what does he do? He proclaims the kingdom. He proclaims the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And then we, we, what we have here as well is the, uh, Jesus entering the uh, synagogue in Capernaum and he begins to teach, and people are astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as having one authority and not as the scribes. And that authority and that power is manifested in that miracle right there and then. They're among the people who are in the church or in the synagogue, among the people who are there, there's one person who is afflicted with evil, is possessed. And so right as Jesus teaches and speaks, he shouts out, right? He shouts out. He says, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? He doesn't speak on his behalf. The evil one wants to confront through human person. He wants to confront Jesus, trying to embarrass him, trying to confront him. And he says, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. I know who you are the Holy One of God. On one hand, he wants to confront him, but on the other hand, the evil one speaks the truth. He knows the truth. 
He knows the truth. You are the Holy One of God. And what does Jesus says to him? Quiet, come out of him. The Lord does not want us to be afflicted by evil. He does not want us to be controlled by evil. Part of Jesus' mission to this world is to free us from sin, free us from the powers of hell, free us from the being afflicted. And we know that, uh, you know, what happens to us, especially throughout disorders, through, you know, capital sins, lust, and every time with gluttony or, 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 or every form of, of evil, you know, uh, pride, whatever it may be, evil one can enter, you know, and afflict us uh, or affect us. But we also know that, you know, the evil one can actually possess us like the today we see in the gospel. But then we have the power in Christ, Christ who is able to remove the evil. He has the power to, to free, exercise, to remove any forms of evil from us. And this is what we have. And of course, the, um, the evil one obeys. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. But today we do have, we have confessions the power to free us from sin, the power to free us from the effects of evil in his name and through his power, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to, to, to confront evil, to remove evil, to remove consequences of evil through sin. We have the power to bring Jesus into this very place. We don't have to go to the synagogue where Jesus came and was teaching and preaching, his word is with us. He still continues to preach and teach and guide. He is with us. He has not abandoned us. He's with us and he comes to us sacramentally, but in a real way. He's here and he confronts evil today. He confronts evil and, 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 and all the afflictions of, of human body and mind is the healing of the soul, the physician of the soul, who makes us happy to be, to be free, to know where we're going, what will happen to us in the future, because we will be with him. He'll be with us. And what, because he assumed our human nature, as the letter to the Hebrews speak, we become part of his body. So he takes us to heaven. We're not going to be ourselves by alone. He's the one. In him we shall be. The very, uh, we, sh we shall be like God. We shall, we shall possess the gifts because it is in him. And so that's why it's so important when the letter to Hebrews says he is very important. Not you compare him to angels and look like angels are higher than him. No, no. He is the one and there's no other because he has received everything. He has received the power over all creation because in that creation came into be through him. So that's why for us today, we cannot put anything on the level of Christ. Yes, we may not put angels today, but we may put opinions of people, teachings of people, 
how many Christians or so-called Christians kind of run into the East and look into some uh, Far East and look into some type of Buddhist teaching or, or, or Hindu or some other things or the you know, New Age stuff. How many of those who seem to use so-called these angelic powers, you know, this whatever energy, whatever it is, how many? Which means that they put something above Jesus. Yes, the letter to the Hebrews was written 80, 80 or so, 50 years after the death of Jesus. But, but today we still have the same. People put, you know, above Jesus some form of teaching, instructions, whatever it may be. And they wish to attain happiness of some sort. But is there true happiness outside of God? Is there true fulfillment? Or, even more important, is there afterlife of glory sharing in God's divinity outside of Jesus? No. He's the one. He's our Savior. So maybe then today as we continue with the sacred liturgy, whereby we first we see who Jesus is through the prism and through the teachings of the letter to the Hebrews. And secondly, we know not only this, this word that we teach is filled with the Holy Spirit because of the power of God. The word of God is able to, 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 to make changes, to transform, sanctify us. But above all, we teach and proclaim Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, truly present with us, truly present in the Eucharist. Not only are we able to hear his word, but also to experience his presence, his sanctifying, divinizing presence in us. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org 
for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.